The Hawks go home empty-handed. We just got to keep keep grinding. It's you know you hear people say it all the time. That's why it's a series. We, we lost to Boston. Now we're going home, and we got to learn from from tonight's game and be better. Welcome into the Hawks Report, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal Constitution that gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Daniel Salerson, not Lauren Williams, who has lost her voice over the last couple of days in Boston. But don't worry, she'll be back. For our podcast after game number three, as I'm filling in for her and Michael Cunningham will join me in just a moment as we recap the Hawks 119 to 106 loss of the Boston Celtics on Tuesday night. It looked good for the first five minutes or so for Atlanta getting off to a 23 to 12 start. But unfortunately, the Celtics ended the first quarter on a big run, including a Malcolm Brogdon three at the buzzer to give them a three point lead after the first quarter. And after that, it was all Boston as they now extend the lead to 2-0 as they head back to Atlanta for game number three on Friday. Of course, we'll get Michael's insights about what went down on Tuesday inside TD Garden. We'll also hear from Trey Young, head coach Quinn Snyder, and DeJounte Murray. If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All right, as mentioned, we're joined by sports columnist Michael Cunningham, kind of being a pinch hitter tonight as the uh, Hawks fall to the Boston Celtics 119-106 to in game number two. Mike, I appreciate you coming on. I know the Hawks are not coming home with a win. It felt like after the first five minutes, it felt like the Miami playing game. They got off to a great start, really executing on both sides of the ball. And then kind of the last six minutes of the first on, they really seemed to struggle. Kind of what happened after that hot start for Atlanta? Yeah, I mean... um, to me, they kind of lost focus. Uh, they had a lot of really unforced turnovers. You know, I won't say unforced. The Celtics are really good at getting, you know, deflections. They're a long team. But they had some unforced turnovers. Uh, the Celtics kind of weren't letting them in, into the paint as much. So they kind of were sailing for shots and shooting over them. Um, and also, I think the number one thing is the Celtics are just a really good team. They uh, started executing a much higher level. Um, you know, they're a great dribble pass shoot team, one through five. And once they get you scrambling, they're they're pretty much going to get a good shot. And uh, they made enough of them during that little run to get back into the game. And from there, the Hawks just, like you said, kind of reverted back to what some of the bad habits we've seen as far as, you know, not really moving the ball, uh, settling for uh, for threes. They ended up shooting, I think, 48 tonight. And the game just 
got away from them and uh, they never really were able to get back into it. I guess they got within nine in the fourth quarter, but you never really had the feeling they were going to win this game. Same as game one, you never really had the feeling they were going to win it. Like the, the Celtics are a superior team and they're, and they're playing better, and so the Hawks are going home with two losses. When you talk about some of the big shots that the Celtics made, I think none bigger than that first quarter buzzer beater by Malcolm Brogdon. I know it was only just after one quarter, but how big of a momentum change was that, especially with how the Celtics ended that first quarter? Yeah, I think it was. You know, I think Bogut made a shot to kind of quiet everything down, and then here comes uh, <laughs> Trey trying to, to get to his floater, and uh, Derek White blocks it, Brogdon collects it, hits that three, and, and the crowd really got back into it because the crowd was a little bit antsy, I think, before that because the Hawks had got up such a good start, and the, and the Celtics were a little bit sloppy with the ball. So I think that shot gave uh, the Celtics a boost, got the crowd back in it, and I think deflated the Hawks a little bit. They're like, man, we've – probably play you know our best quarter of the series and here we are still trailing after that shot so yeah a little bit of a a bummer for the Hawks and a lift for the Celtics for sure let's hear from head coach Quinn Snyder on how that shot by Brogdon changed the momentum of the ball game that's tough you know I I, to sometimes those things when they go into halftime you know can deflate you a little bit but I, I think more than anything um you know I really felt like we were playing really good basketball and uh, kind of lost lost a little bit and then you know that that shot obviously was impactful um, but it you know we had a, we had two more quarters to play too so you know we needed to put that behind us and I, I think we did they did and they didn't in my opinion in three quarters to go after that one still they really couldn't recover after that huge shot and and you talked about how it was a Trey Young block shot that kind of led to the transition three by Brogdon at the buzzer and Trey Young has not had a great playoff series especially from downtown he is three of 13 from beyond the arc why can't he get going offensively Michael have you seen anything in these first two games that is that has caused Trey to struggle or is it just kind of uh, the Celtics playing some really good defense on them. Yeah, I think even Trey alluded to it after the game that, you know, he knows that the Celtics are going to design their defense to kind of stop him, and it's up to him to kind of to make the good plays, and he's just not doing that. He's not making good decisions. Uh, you know, he's driving when he should be passing. He's passing when he should be shooting, and when he's shooting, he's not making it. It's just he's really out of sorts. I think Boston's length in the lane really bothers him. We've seen a lot of times in these two games where Trey goes into the lane and he's kind of stuck and pivoting and looking around for somebody to bail him out. Uh, there's just too much length down there for him to really get to his floater. Uh, I think he got a shot blocked four times tonight. Um, you know, to me, it's not just that he's missing three-pointers. It's just that he's not getting good looks from two, and that's kind of the key to unlocking his game is getting to his floater, and he's just not able to do that against Boston's length. And he's like I said, he's not making good decisions either, so it's kind of snowball, and he's just he's not playing well at all in this series, as, as everybody can see. At this point, is he in his own head right now? Is it a confidence thing with him? Because you mentioned the shot selection and how some of it is he is passing when he should be shooting and shooting when he should be passing. Is it is it more of a mental thing right now for Trey? Um, he says no. He says he's fine. Uh, but I think from Washington, I think it has to be a little bit, especially after what happened in the uh, in the Miami series last night. He was he was kind of asked about that tonight. You know, were you are you disappointed that you're not playing well in this series because you know you kind of had something to prove from last series? And his first part of his answer was like, "Well, we played the number one seed last year. And we played the number two seed this year." So I think he's kind of saying that, "Hey, we're playing two 
the top teams in the East both times. So of course it's going to be hard, but I think, you know, he did admit that he has, he has to play better and he's confident that he will. Um, but I just think that even if he does, there's just so many problems the Hawks have with, with guarding the Celtics that I don't, you know, it's going to be tough for them to, to win this series or even win a game in this series. We'll get to that in a little bit, but here is Trey Young after the game about his first two games of the series. Well, I can be better. I, I didn't. I didn't shoot the ball really well. I didn't have some turnovers where I was just driving and left left my hands. But uh, I'm gonna be better at home. Short and sweet for Trey Young, and he mentioned the turnovers, Michael. That seems to be the the biggest thing for this Hawk squad. 16 of them tonight. 20 plus points off of those turnovers. I know Boston made the same amount of mistakes as Atlanta. If you talk about the stat sheet, but it just seemed like the Hawks were more costly with the ball, especially after they got off to such a hot start. Is some of that just more the frustration from you know them not knocking down shots? Is it just costly turnovers? What are you seeing with some of the mistakes that they're making? Yeah, I agree. The Hawks' turnovers have been a lot more costly. The Boston punishes mistakes like that. It's like every time the Hawks either have a turnover or take a, a you know a, a bad shot, Boston's getting the ball and off they go. And you know the Hawks aren't a very good transition defense team this year uh and we're seeing the boston take advantage of that and at the other end when boston makes their mistakes they're still getting back and they're still getting the defense set and the hawks aren't able to take advantage and i, and I agree with you that that's been a a big you know advantage for the celtics in this series and it's one that's gonna be hard for the hawks to solve i mean if if the celtics get the ball and they're off and running i mean what what do you do if you're not if you're not making shots i guess you can Cut down on the turnovers, but even that's going to be difficult as well because, as we talked about, the the the, um, the Celtics are kind of packing the paint and not letting the Hawks get any easy two-point shots, so you end up shooting 48 threes like you did tonight. Here's DeJounte Murray after the game about those costly mistakes and how you can't do that against this tough Boston Celtics squad. That's a, it's a great team over there. It's the, you know, Eastern, you know, conference champions from last year. Uh, you know, they took upon herself this year to, you know, stay together uh, and, you know, speak for herself, you know, a well-coached team. Uh, and you can't make too many mistakes on them. Uh, and, you know, obviously they're guarding how they're guarding. You know, at the end of the day, you make adjustments. Uh, you come out ready to play. And, you know, we believe in each other. You make or miss shots, whatever. You just control what you can control. And I think that's just us taking care of the ball um, and, you know, playing better on defense. When you talk about the big guys in this series, obviously Boston has a little bit more size, especially with Robert Williams, and you got Al Horford, who's able to extend himself out to the three-point line. But John Collins tonight, just five points, two of 11 shooting. Clint Capella, four points, seven rebounds. Off the bench, Sadiq Bey with no points. Jalen Johnson only plays five minutes. Congo, I think, has been the brightest spot, at least for the big man. Eight points, nine rebounds. He had some big blocks in this game. Uh, how much of a of a difference is it with Boston's size that is really hurting the Hawks in these first two games? Yeah, size inside, uh, size on the wings. You know, with with Tatum, even their guards are kind. Of, you know, Derek Derek White's kind of a kind of a a big combo guard. They got you know they're just they got so many dribble pass and shoot guys, so many good guards. But yeah, the size has has bothered the Hawks. I think you mentioned Robert Williams. You know, he's he's tough at the at the rim at both ends. He's had you know some mismatches he's gotten inside when he's on offense in this in this series that he's taken advantage of. So yeah, the, the the big guys have been a problem, and I think the weird thing is Al Horford really hasn't done a whole lot as far as offensively in this series because he really hasn't had to. So it feels like to me, even when the Hawks lost these two games, that the Celtics still have a little bit in reserve. They still got some guys who haven't got going. So it's going to be very difficult for the Hawks when they go back uh, for Game Three.
You know what's crazy, Michael, before we take a break, is the Hawks actually out-rebounded Boston 49-44 to tonight. Lauren and I talked about it after Game 1, how rebounding would have to be better for Atlanta, which they did, and a lot of it came on the offensive glass. Unfortunately, I just think a lot of that was because of most of the Hawks missing shots. Is that the same thing that you saw tonight against Boston? Yeah, that's one of those stats you look at, and you're like, oh, that's good, and it, and it kind of really didn't, didn't, didn't really matter because the Hawks just, you know, missing 32 threes um yeah i mean um also i mean the hawks had 10 steals and that ended up kind of not really matter because they gave the ball away so much themselves but yeah rebounding was, was that's what that's what i mean when i say that even if trey plays better the hawks have such a long list of other things going wrong that and even when they do things right they still end up losing by double digits so as i said it's going to be really tough for the hawks to get back into this series because i mean i think we're sitting here saying what's wrong with the Hawks. What's wrong with the Hawks? I mean, the Boston's a really good team, and uh, that's what they do, right? Like, you might beat them in one area, but they're going to beat you in all the others. All right, we'll try to break down what the Hawks can do to salvage this series. But first, a quick break. You're listening to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I want to take this time to, again, thank everyone who subscribes to the AJC and AJC.com. It what makes all of this possible. Now, if you haven't joined our community yet, we have a special deal available right now for listeners to this podcast. You can get unlimited digital access to everything the AJC has to offer for the next three months for just 99 cents. That's all of our stories on AJC, our terrific e-paper, and all of our newsletters, including Bradley's Buzz, from legendary columnist Mark Bradley and, of course, our sports columnist Michael Cunningham. That's just $0.99 cents for the next three months. So to take advantage of this offer, go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. So, Michael, the saying is a series doesn't start until the road team wins a game. Can the Hawks turn this around and salvage this series, starting with a home matchup against the Celtics in game number three on Friday night? I don't see how. <laughs> I really don't. I, I would like to be more optimistic for Hawks fans, but they see the same thing that I see. Every time, even both games, when it seemed like just when the Hawks are going to get into it, they uh, make a mistake and the and the Celtics punish them, which was something you, you mentioned. Like Every time the Hawks make a turnover, it seems like the Celtics take it down and at least get a good shot, and they're converting most of them. So it's like, even when the Hawks have a good stretch of play, there's always a feeling that the you know the Celtics are just you know a, a good run away from putting the Hawks back down to in a deficit they can't overcome, and that's kind of what happened in both games. Uh, it happened in the, the fourth quarter tonight, happened in the second half on uh, in Game One. So yeah, I mean for the Hawks to salvage this series, Trey Young obviously needs to play a lot better, but it's going to be tough for him with with Boston's size and the way they're they're playing him and the way they. They switch, you know, that takes away one of his good things. They, one of his uh, best parts of his game is the pick and roll. They only got to that a couple times with Capella tonight. 
Um, so yeah, he needs to play better. Need to get him and Murray both playing better at the same time, and somebody in the front court has to play better. Uh, Collins was you know okay in game one. He wasn't good at all tonight. Uh, Capella, this is a tough series for him to even get involved all, um, defensively because uh, Horford drags him away from the rim. And, and offensively, like I said, the pick and rolls are hard to do when, when Boston switches the way, way they do. So the Hawks are going to have to play a great game, maybe hope that Boston miss, miss, misses some shots, and then the Hawks can have a chance at the end. But it's going to be really tough for them to, to win, you know, four games in this series, especially it might be even hard for them to win one. Do you think they win one of the two at home? I do. I'm going to stick with my my uh, my pre-series prediction that, that it would be Celtics in five. So I see the Hawks winning one of these two games. Uh, you know, we we forget that Trey Young has been great in the playoffs before. I know it's been a while and he's been bad since then. And, you know, that's saw it on, on Twitter after game, game two. A lot of people pointing out all his stats over his last, you know, seven playoff game. And it's not good, but he, he is capable of turning in a great game. Murray was, was really good tonight. He carried the Hawks there in the third quarter when they were making their comeback so if you get those two guys going and maybe get you know a couple other guys going and try to you know play better on defense to keep Boston out of the dang paint they get so many scores in the paint especially you know on on fast breaks you know cut down the turnovers and if everything goes right for the Hawks and the Celtics miss some shots then maybe they they can win both games but I could I only see them maybe winning two and then we'll be back in Boston for game five. Speaking of DeJounte Murray, 29 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists in the loss. Here's what he had to say about finally going home to play 2 in State Farm Arena. I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait. You know, obviously we feel, you know, too short here. It's not the end of the world. That's why it's a series and not a game. Uh, So, you know, I'm excited because this is my first time, you know, getting to play in front of Atlanta. Uh, You know, so, you know, I just want to go out and compete at a high level uh, and, you know, try to get that push from them to help us out as well uh, and just go from there. Michael, before we let you go, one of the things I feel like has to be a key for the Hawks in Game 3 on Friday, getting to the free throw line. It's been a long time since I've seen a team only go to the free throw line eight times. Trey Young with six of the eight and Clint Capel with the other two did not make a free throw. Was it just the lack of aggressiveness from them or was it, again, Celtics defense just really controlling the paint tonight? Yeah, I think it was the Celtics defense. They had 12 block shots. <laughs> Man, that's a lot of block shots. Uh, they had 12 block shots. They were packing the paint. They weren't going to let the Hawks drive. They were like, you're going to have to shoot over us. And the Hawks took 48 threes and missed 32. So, yeah, you're not going to get to the free throw line when you're taking 48 threes. And when you're getting their shots blocked, and I didn't see really any missed calls. The, the Celtics were getting clean blocks tonight. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Celtics are a great defensive team. Um, and when the Hawks – don't move the ball and don't have player and ball movement. Um, they go into those stretches where they can't score. And as we keep saying, the Celtics punish the Hawks when they make mistakes with turnovers or bad shots. We'll see if the Hawks can eliminate those mistakes on Friday night. That's when game three is it. They return home inside State Farm Arena. Tip-off set for 7 o'clock, which means we'll have another podcast for you on Saturday morning, bright and early, to recap what hopes to be a Hawks win. Then game four set for Sunday inside State Farm Arena at 7 o'clock. And then if there is a Game 5, it will be next Tuesday in Boston. Michael, I appreciate you filling in as Lauren will hopefully be back on Friday for Game Number 3. We appreciate the insight, and we'll, we'll see you inside the arena on Friday. All right, thanks. Good night. All right, until then, I'm Daniel Salerson. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Constitution.
ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.